We're speaking with Jessica Riggler, Assistant Director of Arizona's Department of Health Services. Jessica, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. We got some new guidance that came out this week from your department. It's raised some concerns about treating and testing coronavirus. One of them reads, discourage testing for most COVID-19 patients in the primary care setting. So why is this? Why so restrictive? This isn't a specific restriction so much as a recommendation for providers across Arizona to ensure that we are able to conserve the limited testing and personal protective resources that we have um, in order to care for the patients at the highest risk of disease or individuals who have the highest risk of spreading disease to vulnerable populations. I see. So uh, then why discourage testing in the primary care setting? It's not really specific for the primary care setting, but this guidance has been given out widely uh, statewide to local health departments, hospitals, as well as primary care providers. Uh, And really what we're looking at here is that um, testing for COVID-19 does not change any clinical management for the disease. And so the testing really becomes important when you have limited resources for those individuals who are healthcare workers, for example, where their test results would make an impact and whether they would be restricted from work and unable to spread that disease to others, or for individuals living in congregate settings like nursing homes or correctional facilities where if they were positive, important and rapid action would need to be taken in order to isolate them so they couldn't infect others within that setting, or for individuals who are hospitalized with severe illness. So really, is this recommendation telling primary care providers, and we're reading the top of the letter that said uh, recommendations for primary care providers, to save the testing for those who look like they really need it the most, those who are the most symptomatic? It's either for those that are the most symptomatic or for those for which um, additional recommendations or interventions would need to be put into place in order to protect the largest number of people. And how can the public know what the spread really is if testing is discouraged? But I I would imagine the answer will probably already be limited testing is available anyway right now. The the testing is finite, so we will only know what tests we can put out there and get back. Yeah, that's correct. Testing at this time is a limited resource. Uh, There is a shortage nationwide on nasal swabs, and we're working as hard as we can to get additional resources into the community for testing. Uh, And so I think what's important to note is that there is widespread COVID-19 in Arizona. It's spreading within our communities. And so people need to assume that it's out there and take appropriate precautions like avoiding non-essential travel, uh, washing their hands frequently, cleaning and disinfecting surfaces, and of course, implementing social distancing. So making sure they're staying at least six feet away from other Arizonans when they're out in public. And the last question on this topic, why does the department recommend outdoor testing? Basically, if you think about the virus, um, it's going to spread easier or adhere to surfaces if you're indoors. So if primary care offices are conducting testing in the outdoors, that's less for them to clean and disinfect within their offices. They also could potentially offer drive-through testing, which would cut down on the amount of PPE they would need to use as they are seeing different patients. Yeah, if you're out in the fresh air, then you're not kind of trapping those droplets and having them fall on surfaces that are frequently touched. Another piece of the guidance reads, conserve personal protective equipment. So how much reuse can certain products take? CDC has a great guide for optimization of personal protective equipment. Uh, Our state disaster medical advisory committee actually considered this question of personal protective equipment this week at our meeting and put out recommendations for moving to a contingency status for personal protective equipment. And what that means is that they were um, making some recommendations about what things could be reused and how um, they should be reused. And that is different across different kinds of personal protective equipment. So for gowns, for example, uh, 
you might start using reusable gowns and so you can launder them instead of throwing the gowns away. Or for face masks, uh, you might implement extended use of face masks so you're wearing them for longer than you otherwise would. Or restricting face masks just to healthcare personnel instead of uh, to patients. And I even saw that in certain cases, the face masks could serve as an adequate substitute for N95 respirators. Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, ADHS actually put out guidance several weeks ago uh, to support the use of surgical masks as an alternative to N95 masks. And that is standard for droplet precautions. When you look at infection prevention and control, there's standard precautions, contact precautions, droplet precautions, and airborne precautions. Because COVID-19 spreads by droplets, we really are just recommending droplet precautions, which include only a surgical mask, unless clinicians are doing an aerosol-generating procedure like intubation, in which case they would want to be wearing an N95 mask. But for general health care and for other members of the community, a surgical mask is sufficient to protect from COVID-19. If there is a wipe available, can some of this equipment like face masks and N95 respirators, could they be just wiped down and used again? Yeah, there's certain guidance out there that um, supports the ability to clean or disinfect certain uh, pieces of equipment, even those that are considered to be disposable when you're moving towards a contingency standard where you don't have adequate supplies of PPE available. Can medical professionals accept homemade PPE, personal protective equipment? That is really up to the risk management of a facility. However, as you get to times of scarce resources, um, something is better than nothing. And so if there isn't an inadequate supply of resources and appropriate reuse has been instituted in a facility and there's still not enough of something, uh, accepting Homemade equipment is something that can offer a level of protection to healthcare. We've heard that people over age 60 with pre existing health conditions are most at risk for COVID 19, but now it looks like Maricopa County is reporting 39% of its cases are between the age group of 18 and 39, younger people. So, what is your message about uh, you know, the younger adults coming down with COVID 19? So, everyone is susceptible to the illness. It's just that individuals in that higher age category are um, more likely to experience severe illness. But we've seen from some of our testing data a higher proportion of our population in that younger age group that you mentioned getting testing. This might be because this is the population that are healthcare workers, for example. Uh, but again, we really do understand from the data that individuals over the age of 60 or those with underlying health conditions are the most at risk for severe complications of disease, including the need for hospitalization. And have there been any discussions as to who will be staffing makeshift hospitals or mobile hospitals that could be coming on the scene? Could this be EMS personnel or off-duty firefighters or police, for example? These are all great potentials. Um, We are still working through the details on staffing models if we were to stand up alternate care sites here in Arizona. That's Jessica Rigler, the Assistant Director of Arizona's Department of Health Services, who just joined us. Peter Saymore, KTAR News.